Hey, this is Emlyn from Emlyn in the Mix. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Emlyn in the Mix, today for more audio, mixing, unboxings, reveals, awesome equipment, audio technology. What more could you want? Emlyn in the Mix on YouTube. Subscribe today. All right, hey guys, welcome to Emlyn in the Mix podcast. The Emlyn in the Mix podcast, season two, episode 14. Hope you're doing amazingly out there and that you've had a safe and wonderful week as I have too and uh, been enjoying. Just, I've still been playing with the Rolly Studio. I know we covered it last week, uh, Lumi Keys. I've been incorporating it into a few different songs and I've had a couple of weeks off and it's been amazing and hence we're not live again today (laughs) it's just too much work i'm enjoying my holidays too much so we're back in podcast mode but we'll be back live on the youtubes next week make sure that if you do follow me on youtube well then you would already be subscribed but if you don't then head over to emlyn in the mix on youtube to subscribe there and without further ado we've got a pretty special podcast for you guys today we're going to be checking out a couple of things that caught my eye this week audio technology wise as we do most weeks and i'm going to be talking to you about distributing music and what you should do or what you could do and we're just going to discuss it i'm just going to ramble on about it and my thoughts on that and what i've done in the past and I've got a pretty cool article here from Apple Music as well, which I want to go over with you guys today, which is mainly going to be the focus of this podcast today. So, yeah, enjoy the podcast, distributing music, how to do it, what to do. You know, there's so many avenues we're going to explore. So, let's hit that up as we get to the back end of this podcast. Now, let's stick straight into the news of uh, what's been happening this last week. And it's pretty interesting. I mean, not a lot to be honest, but there's still some things that caught the eye. As we discussed last week, Music Mess is normally this time of year or it might be normally around the end of next week. So, the end of April uh, is usually when they have it, but they've pushed it back to October just due to the pandemic uh, that is ongoing over in Europe at the moment. So, First thing on the list here, shout-outs to Rolly, of course. Um, they've got a sale. I don't normally do sale mentions, but loving the Rolly Studio so much, it is worthy of a shout-out here. So, they've got a 30% off sale going right now for the Rolly Simpson Sound Spring Sale. And this includes... This is really cool because this includes Equator 2, uh, which I've covered. I've also covered on this podcast and on YouTube. So, check that out. The Equator 2 video is doing amazingly over on youtube so definitely check that out because i really show all the presets i don't show all the presets but i really give an overview of how amazing that soft synth sounds it just has such a good organic sound that's i guess why i love rolly studio so much uh so essentially you get 1400 stellar presets in this sale it's amazing so i would Definitely head over. I haven't got the, don't think I've got the price in front of me, but you're going to get 30% off at the moment. So uh, that is available right now. And if you're listening to this podcast in the future, then you may have missed that sale, unfortunately. Uh, but it looks like this is going to the end of April, uh, being that it is, what is it today? It's April 17th, I believe. Uh, April 17th, 2021. I don't know if we time stamped the start of this podcast, but there you go. 
there it is for you guys there so big shout out there uh definitely check out i've been raving about that software and it's definitely worth a look all right and next piece of music news i wanted to talk about here was the pioneer x dj xz now this thing has been it's been around a little while it is brand new still but this essentially is a pro sort of if you know about pioneer dj and we've covered pioneer dj a few times on this podcast but if you know about the pioneer dj gear it's you know, it's basically the Rolls-Royce of the DJ. Well, maybe not Rolls-Royce. It's more maybe like the Tesla. I don't know. I, I don't even know why I'm comparing it to cars. It's just basically the top end of the DJ spectrum. And I thought I'd mention or talk about this particular DJ controller because this is basically the professional all-in-one DJ system, which ticks all the boxes for home gigs, which are more or less... You know, home streaming, DJ streaming at home is more or less becoming a thing in this digital age and especially with things like the pandemic going on in the background. DJs are trying to find other avenues for, you know, expressing their DJ creativity to the world, which they cannot, in some countries, you cannot, you know, just easily play at a club and have, you know, hundreds or thousands of people there. So, this guy here is definitely worth checking out. So, I'm just pulling up the article here from our friends at musictech.net. Shout out to those guys. Do great audio technology news uh, on a weekly basis. Now, my internet is super slow, so I do apologize uh, for that as that loads there in the background. I actually don't know why because when I load articles on my phone and I'm using the same Wi-Fi, it is, uh, yeah, it is not, it's, it's quite quick and I'm not on... Yeah, I'm not on the network, but anyway, I'm on Wi-Fi, but anyway, we're open. Told you I was going to ramble on today, guys. I told you I was going to ramble on. All right, so here's some of the pros from this particular review uh, from musictech.net. So, feels and looks like a full pro DJ rig. That's freaking cool. But remember, it's an all-in-one, okay? So, touch screen with hot cue trigger and performance pads. That's pretty much expected. Master three-band EQ and USB inputs with separate EQ. Now, if you've ever used the Pioneer DJ, uh, I think it's the 900 or 800 or any of their mixes, their four-channel mixes, you'll feel very right at home or familiar with this particular deck. you got the Pro DJ Link and great USB options. So, you can plug in your little USBs and uh, if you have... Excuse me, I'm still getting over a cold here, by the way. If you have uh, your USB collection or sorry your music collection on usb sticks you can uh, pre-organize them with uh, pioneers software record box and you can have your whole dj set list sort of just ready to go uh some of the cons are no major never seen before features and no four deck playback in standalone mode uh so i guess if you're one of those djs that must have four tracks going and you're in standalone mode this could be an issue i I for myself know that when I'm DJing, I rarely go into four DJ track mode. But if you're someone like Carl Cox or you like doing that style of DJing, I know Carl Cox is notoriously known back in his heyday, and maybe he still does it today, but for running four tracks simultaneously, techno bangers going at the same time. I guess with techno, it's a bit more stripped back, so it is easier to have four tracks going at one time. But yeah, it could be an issue to some people. Who knows? 
So Pioneer DJ has been innovating and pushing the merits of its record box DJ performance software merits. There's a vast hardcore Serato DJ user base, and this all-in-one DJ unit aims to tick many boxes in a single product. So if you're a Serato user, this is gonna help you out massively because you'll be able to hook it up with Serato. So firstly, targeting the smaller install market of bars and small clubs, then the customer who wants a fully featured and full-size DJ rig at home. The XE is happy plugging into a laptop running Rekordbox DJ, Serato DJ Pro software, or just been used in standalone mode with two USB flash drives. There's expandability with additional inputs and Pro DJ Link connections also make it useful centerpiece, but that's not all. There is a lot more that is included in this box. And then it basically the article goes over all of its features. We're not going to go right into that article on the podcast here, but I definitely want to mention that you should check this out. Check out the article here. It looks phenomenal. Uh, it essentially, yeah, it does. He does get into it more later in the article. But essentially, it just looks like they've slapped two CDJ 2000 Nexus, if you know what they are, the 3000 Nexus, like the brand new ones together with a Pioneer DJM 900 mixer. And the best part about it is that if you were to buy those pieces of Pioneer DJ equipment standalone, you would pay probably double the price that this thing goes for. I think uh, US dollars, you're looking at $2,200. Australian, you're looking at around, oh, I think it's up around $3,800 for it. But honestly, I know that might sound expensive to some who don't know much about DJ gear, but honestly, if you were to buy these pieces separately with what you get feature-wise, you would be looking 10 grand upwards. And that's really what Pioneer you know, sells their equipment for. But keeping in mind, this is top-end DJ gear. This is the top stuff that the pros use. So if you want to get into DJing, check out the DJ XDJ XE. Could be a lot of fun. I mean, look, if you're starting out, you probably don't need something as, you know, as out of control as that, but definitely worth checking out. Just looking along here at our, excuse me, uh, next bit of news here, Thoris by UVI uh, might be worth a check out. It's a chorus modulation effects and they're running 50% off at the moment. UVI just keep bringing out the goods. They have literally just been delivering Plug-in after plug-in. And I recently, I checked out their 8-bit synth. Checked it out on the podcast here. If you want to go back a few episodes or even a season, it might be last season, we checked out UVI 8-bit synth. Um, check it out. It's really good. They make some really, really excellent plugins. And I dare say, I haven't checked out this uh, particular chorus effects plugin, but we will, maybe we'll check it out in a future update. But Thoris looks pretty cool. It's basically, you've got, you know, easy to use effects. Um, the the GUI is really easy. You've just got three sort of main controls to sort of change up your chorus. Your uh, how your basically how a chorus works is it's more or less it's a phasing effect with modulation going at the same time. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with how chorus goes, but yeah, I dare say this is a very nice. <laughs> I can't believe I'm even talking about. It. We haven't even reviewed. It. We'll check it out though. Polyphase modulator having more than one sort of effect going at the same time. All right. So, wow, this is really going crazy in the background here. Um, Oh, another thing. Those universal audio, and I know we mentioned this in the past, but those UVI universal audio 
uh, plugins. I don't know why I'm saying UVI still. <laughs> I'm just getting confused with the UVI Saurus. Uh, Universal Audio UFX pedals have now shipped. So if you are a guitarist or even if you're just a synth nerd, it might be worth checking those out because UA, Universal Audio makes some incredible hardware and software alike. Even my lovely, warm, sort of crunchy, nasally, sick-sounding <laughs> vocals that you're listening to right now actually going through the Universal Audio 610 Tube Preamplifier mic preamplifier, uh, making me sound lovely and warm. So, they do make really good hardware. And then I'm actually going into an Apollo X6, so I'm using UA essentially everywhere in my setup here. Uh, but it would be worth checking out those effects pedals. They have shipped now. And they look absolutely, aesthetically, they look beautiful. And I know the hardware with UA, they make really good hardware. So, it would definitely, definitely be worth your while if you're into effects or you love effects pedals. I would check out those UA effects pedals. I'm even like, I'm not a guitarist and I'm keen to get, I think I would be keen to get, I think it's the Astra. It was one of the, re, oh, the Starlight. Anyway, a shimmering reverb, it just sounds amazing from what we've read. We haven't actually had a chance to listen to these yet, but I can, I dare say they're going to sound incredible and the hardware looks aesthetic and beautiful. And I just love new hardware. As you know, that is basically what we cover on this podcast is audio technology, music technology, software, hardware, you name it, we come with the goods on Emlyn in the mix. So, let's get on to our feature for today. And what I wanted to talk about today with you guys was more or less distributing music. Now, if you haven't begun to distribute music or you haven't, or you've distributed in the past, but you're a little bit confused about what to do, I'm just going to, basically, I want to go over this very interesting article here from Apple Music, uh, which, you know, I'm going to discuss this with you guys and my thoughts on this article. And I'm just going to share my you know, sort of knowledge in the area of distribution because I've distributed probably around 20 songs. It's not a lot, but, um, and all singles. I haven't actually ever released an album because I've sort of, in my mind, I've, you know, for releasing an album, I feel like I need a really big following to do that. I mean, I guess that's probably not the case. I mean, there's probably people who just release albums regardless of their following. But for me personally, I would prefer to have a large following before I actually release an album because an album to me would be like me telling my story and I feel like that's important that if I'm going to tell my story or I'm going to tell, you know, a feature story or whatever through an album communicating that, then I would really like a larger audience. Uh, but for now, I'm happy to just release singles as I sort of grow my fan base and, you know, people enjoy my music. It gets used a lot in um, TV commercials, radio commercials, maybe not TV commercials, Sorry, I take that back. But definitely radio. My music is featured in a lot of radio credits, promos, uh, that sort of thing. I basically, you know, uh, distributing that to... I have a lot of connections in the radio industry, actually. So, I'm able to get my music easily into that sort of thing. But also, I've expanded out into the field of making music for podcasts, which is really fun. And that involves, you know, licensing and doing your own... You can do your own licensing or you can go through a distributor. So, I'll discuss all that stuff today with you guys and, and more or less just share some light on that. And then hopefully that will, you know, give you a better idea of what you could do. And, you know, I guess 
that I want to help you guys if you listen to the podcast. I, I want you guys to do... The reason I make this podcast, actually, is that I want you guys to, A, you know, get excited about new gear because there's nothing more fun and enjoyable about looking forward to new technology and things in the field of music that can help, you know, perhaps help you create or inspire you to maybe make something creative or share your art in a different way. And I really enjoy doing that. And then B, I want, so I want you to be inspired. And then B, I want to also, I want to try and be informative. I know maybe not always I'm informative, but I really do want to give my best uh, informative opinion on things that can maybe help you guys in the direction that you want to go creatively with your music. And C, at the end of the day, I want you guys to just, yeah, I want you guys to do better and be amazing at whatever it is that you are creating in the field of music because there's so many avenues you can go down. You can make music for film. You can make music for video games now. Video games have been the biggest entertainment industry in the world. There's just no end. Uh, Like actually today I've got to write some music for a Facebook ad. My friend um, has actually contacted me. So there you go. There's something interesting that I'm going to do in the field of music. It may not be your hit number one freaking Bruno Mars track, but... Or maybe it will. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there is many avenues to, and ways to make money. I wanted to just, let's get stuck into this Apple Music artist. I told you I was going to ramble on. It's the second time I said but I'm in a rambling mood. And we're not live on YouTube, so I'm happy to ramble. I guess I would ramble if I was live on YouTube as well. Anyway, okay, let's look at this article from... Apple Music. So, it's a pretty interesting article which I read this morning um, and I'm just going to read it directly off. Uh, this is coming from Apple Music. I thought there was some interesting parts to this article as well. Okay. So, here it says, we believe in the value of music and paying creators fairly for their work. Since we launched the iTunes store in 2003, can you believe that? Actually, 2003. Wow. That's coming up to 20 years now. So, we have helped millions of artists and songwriters make a living from music. And as the discussion about streaming royalties continues, we believe it is important to share our values. We believe in paying every creator the same rate that a play has a value and that creators should never have to pay for featuring. So, this is really cool because I feel like when I read this article, I feel like it's a bit of, not an attack, but I feel like it's... uh, because if you've been following any of the guys on uh, YouTube, uh, like your Rick Bados and those sort of people talking about Spotify, Spotify being that people just go to Spotify, like listener as a listener base is quite massive, but they they do have some terrible um, distribution of royalties and ethically some really bad uh, sort of ethical decisions in the way that they sort of treat their artists and, and that sort of thing. So, I'm a little bit... You know, I've watched a few videos on it and sort of looked into it a bit more and Spotify is kind of a bit nasty, like unless you're like super famous um, or, you you know, you're a very big artist with massive, massive fan base, you can make a bit of money on Spotify. But this here, I, I feel like Apple's, you know, sort of retorting to, you know, the way Spotify treats its artists. And uh, I mean, if you look at the music distribution scene, you really are the two big players in the game. I mean, there are plenty of other players, but the two big players are really Apple Music and Spotify. And I dare say maybe Spotify is even bigger, listener-base-wise. Could be wrong, but let's continue this article. So, here Apple Music says, we pay the same 52% headline rate to all labels. 
<clears throat> so that's pretty cool. So even if you're a small label, you're going to get the same as the big labels. So while other services pay some independent labels a substantially lower rate than they pay major labels, we pay the same headline rate to all labels. So this means artists can distribute music however they like, knowing Apple Music will pay the same rate, sign with a label or stay independent and they believe the value of they believe in the value of music. So we pay the same headline rate for all compositions. So without songwriters there wouldn't be recordings and that is why we have paid every publisher and licensor the same headline rate within each country. It's also why we have invested millions to optimize publishing opportunities operations, sorry, to ensure songwriters are paid as quickly as possible. So uh, with like distributors like Apple Music uh, and Spotify and those sort of conglomerates, they actually have to they have to work closely with publishers. So uh, the publishers are actually the um, essentially you know that's where you have the songwriters who are uh, basically using the publishers to get their music out there. And these uh, Apple Music and Spotify have to work with them to distribute the royalties and that sort of thing. So this is where I thought it gets super exciting because Apple Music here says, and I didn't know this, but they're at, and it's going to sound maybe a bit ridiculous when I say this, but I'll explain in a sec why this is good. So Apple Music says here that average per play rate is one cent. Okay, so one cent, oh, that sounds terrible. But actually, if we compare this with uh, something like Spotify, I believe Spotify is like a tenth or... Uh, might even be in some cases, depending on how it's done, it can be like down to like a 20th of a cent. It's very, very low on Spotify. So while royalties uh, from streaming services are calculated on a stream share basis, a place still has a value and the value varies by subscription plan and country, but averaged at one cent per Apple Music individual paid plans in 2020. So that's really, really cool. And if, if somehow... I noticed the wording there from this article where Apple Music said averaged, uh, which, you know, indicates that it's not every player's one cent, but the averaging at one cent. But, you know, obviously what would be amazing is that if every player was one cent. I know you're thinking, why, Emlyn, why are you getting excited about one cent? Well, actually, you know, it's it's pretty good because once you start getting into, obviously, thousands and ten thousands, and in some cases, a lot of these new songs easily hit the million plays, um, you know, you're looking at 10, 30, 40, 50 grand, uh, which is great money for an artist who, even if they're just starting out, you know, they can make a yearly wage uh, just from uh, releasing music. And that essentially is like the dream for most people to just make music and get paid for it. Um, and then you can get into endorsements and playing live and making money that way. But I just thought this was a pretty cool article. It does go on a bit more. Um, I'm not going to read all of it here. Uh, I just read this one paragraph here just in terms of their distribution Apple Music has uh, as a result of their commitment to their values. Apple Music paid out royalties for more than 5 million recording artists around the world in 2020. So during the lockdown pandemic, 5 million recording artists were paid uh, over 1 million more than in 2019. And the number of recording artists whose catalogs generated recordings and published royalties over 1 million per year increased over 120% since 2017, while the number of recording artists Artists whose catalogs generated over 50,000 per year has more than doubled. So that's a golden number there, uh, you know, 50,000 US, uh, by the way. So that's like your average sort of, I guess, working wage. It's not great money or anything, but it definitely would help, you know, an artist 
you know, that combined state of doing some social media, they could be doing some YouTube. There's plenty of avenues on the internet to be making money. And having that little bit of extra pocket money there, I'm going to call it pocket money, but, you know, you can essentially... You know, if you're a single dude, you're, you know, you're renting or whatever, that's good money, you know, live in a big city. Should be enough to live off, especially in the US, USD, 50 Gs. I think they call it 50 racks, don't they? 50 racks is like the new slang uh, for that. And that I mean, yeah, again, not amazing money, but, you know, it's enough to, you know, if it's enough that you can live on and you can continue creating on your art, uh, growing your fan base, that sort of thing. Wanted to read you guys that article because I thought that was pretty cool that uh, Apple Music is actually taking an ethical stance. Now, whether this is all just sort of like a uh, PR thing, <laughs> that's yet to be discovered. But I do like this retort here from Apple Music because I definitely have never seen anything from Spotify uh, being that, you know, the CEO of Spotify is like a multi-billionaire and literally artists just don't make money on Spotify. I'll give you an example, actually. And I know the title of this podcast is, uh, well, we're going to, it's going to be something on distributing your music and you're probably listening to this because you're interested in that. And I'll let you guys in on the distributor that I use. So I use Lander and it's pr- um, pronounced, it's it's actually spelled L-A-N-D-R. So without the E, because uh, it's trying to be cool. No, I don't know if it's trying to be cool, but let's give you an example here <clears throat> of how terribly uh, Spotify pays. Okay. So with... This particular distributor I use, I get to keep 100% of my royalties. And I'm just logging in here for you guys. I actually cannot remember. Oh, no. I almost can't remember my password. All right. We're logging in here. So, uh, yeah. So, with basically with Lander, you distribute your music. You pay an annual fee. You basically pay one annual fee. And then uh, you more or less you can distribute as many tracks as you like. And I really like I like that because previously I was using TuneCore and I'm going to get to TuneCore in a sec. TuneCore is actually very good, by the way. Uh, but where I was struggling, because my music's not making super heaps of money like on the royalty basis front, uh, I chose with Lander. It's a bit... It, it's not... Oh, it is, yeah, it's a bit... Oh, it's definitely cheaper than TuneCore because TuneCore you have to pay per release, whereas Lander you pay one set fee and there's a few other distributors like that uh, where you can just pay one fee and then you can release as much as you like. And because I'm releasing singles, as I set, stated at the start of this distribution talk, uh, this this format works better for me. Maybe if I was releasing albums, then I'd probably go back to TuneCore uh, because I feel like TuneCore, TuneCore is a much better established distributing company. They're based in New York. Um, they they have really good statistics and they have lots of cool little programs for promoting. And, and Lander also has that sort of stuff as well. Lander has some really cool little features, like it has some cool mastering software. Um, they also distribute to YouTube Music and they do actually distribute to a lot of, um, you know, different uh, music uh, sort of companies, like even like Beatport, that sort of thing. I'm not still entirely sure how you do that. Uh, for some reason, Lander's not letting me log in at the moment, which uh, I have to find out what's going on there. But I can I can just sort of share from my memory here in terms of royalties. So I had around, and I didn't have a lot of plays. I had around 10,000 10, plays, and it was mostly through Spotify. And I think I made, it was about $9. <laughs> so you can see right there, 10,000 plays. And that's that's not a true accurate amount that you could make from 
music because my music was mostly played through Spotify. I dare say I was getting one of the lower rates. Uh, if I was able to get a bigger listener base on Apple Music, for example, and according to that article, I would have made quite a bit more or a little bit more money. Uh, but you know, nine dollars, uh, ten thousand plays goes to show you that if you need to or you you want to live off your music, you have to get into the millions of plays. And you have to be generating millions of plays on a monthly basis. Now, there are artists that do that. There are others, artists that have that listener base where they do get those millions of plays and they're probably, you know, the guys on Spotify might be doing all right, but it's still, you know, if my calculations serve me correct, you know, a million plays is is going to get you about $1,000. So, and $1,000, yes, it does sound better and maybe as a one-off payment if you're employed full-time somewhere a thousand bucks is great so a little bit of extra pocket money but if you're trying to live off a thousand bucks and you're only getting a million plays a year you're gone you're just not going to make it as a musician in terms of living off being uh you know just releasing music so i don't want to make this a downer as well i just want you guys to maybe have a look around um explore different avenues where i have made really good money uh is writing music for podcasts actually during the pandemic and lockdown last year i wrote quite a lot of music for podcasts and um that's what i was going to talk about actually is just in terms of you know if you're releasing music um well sorry not releasing this is not releasing music this is licensing music so that you can Look into licensing online, how it works with music, because there's many different ways you can do it, and it's totally arbitrary as well, because if you're licensing the music yourself, you can basically set your own terms, and that's exactly what I did uh, with these podcasts. So, basically, what I did is I created an exclusive piece of music, which means that it's essentially a one piece of music, which I wrote for that particular client, and I sold the rights of that music completely entirely, but you know, I can just create music on a daily basis. So, this wasn't a problem. And it's good because you can make nice chunks of money by doing that. And if you do a few of them, uh, like I was doing, I was making like 30-second pieces of music and you can sell them between two upward of $500 per piece. So, if you're doing a few of those, uh, and I did quite a few, I actually made a hell of a lot more money doing that uh, than actually releasing my tracks on uh, Spotify and uh, Apple Music. And again, it goes back to though, if I did have a listener base, I would probably make a bit more money doing royalties through Spotify and Apple Music and the other distributor uh, companies. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to share that because there, there are other ways to make money. Oh, the other the other thing where money is good is getting your music into commercials. So uh, if you can get them into TV, it's still Although TV is a bit of a, a, a shrinking medium or a bit more of a dying medium, uh, TV still pays well. I know that much in Australia. I don't know about so much in the US. Uh, but you can, uh, with the sync rights, uh, royalties you can get through TV, especially if, you're, if your song is on like a national, if it's played nationally, and it's even if it's only 30 seconds, you can make like per play, and this is no joke. You can make between fifty and one hundred and fifty dollars per play. Think about that. So, if you got on a national, if you got on a national TVC TV commercial, and you're getting even if you're getting fifty dollars per play royalty wise, and you know you get on a big say, I mean, if it's a national commercial, they're going to be playing a lot anyway because someone's paying obviously to play nationally, and then you're getting it's obviously going to be a big product. I know 
I have a friend who they they did something like that and they got a royalty check for $10,000. So, look into your avenues, look into sync rights, look into getting onto TV commercials, look into getting onto radio commercial. Even radio doesn't pay as well, I'll be honest, uh, but uh, I've got... As I know, as I said, I have um, quite a lot of tracks playing in uh, radio credits and commercials, but they don't pay nowhere near as good as TV. And I don't know why TV pays so well because TV is basically on the way out. And also look into, uh, you know, getting paid for digital uh, licensing as well. So on YouTube and that sort of thing. Um, And the cool thing about doing licensing on your own terms, you can create your own agreements, you know. Uh, I know that for some of my stuff, you know, I basically, I didn't sell the actual rights of the song, but I sold the usage of the song in some of my licensing. So, look into the different ways you can do that and there's plenty of ways to make money and distributing your music should be a fun and exciting thing because it's your art that you are sharing and, you know, you need to be remunerated for your artwork as well because basically without musicians and without people who are creating uh we our world would it would suck <laughs> it would it would suck all right i'm going to leave now on this podcast it was a bit more of a deeper and insightful podcast today i'm i'm impressed with myself even and i managed to ramble on for ages too i hope it was enjoyable for you guys today hope you're enjoying the podcast i will actually uh, make sure you leave a uh, review, please. If you still listen to this podcast, I would love a review. You can do it in the iTunes app, I believe. And you can should be able to do it on your phone as well. Um, need more reviews, guys. So please, and I say this at the end of nearly every podcast, please leave me a review. One star, two star, three star, four star, five star. Given the content today, come on, I think it is five stars. And also head over to Emlyn in the mix on YouTube. Would love, 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 love for you to subscribe. The community is growing there. It is, it's a really cool little community we've got going over there. And we will be doing more live and interactive videos for you guys. More tutorials. I want to get more tutorials up there for you guys as well. I love talking about audio technology, as you can see. And I love sharing my insightful as much as I can knowledge. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. And until next week. We'll be back season two, episode 15 next week. All right, guys, peace out. Boom. Hey, this is Emlyn from Emlyn in the Mix. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Emlyn in the Mix, today. For more audio, mixing, unboxings, reveals, awesome equipment, audio technology, what more could you want? Emlyn in the Mix on YouTube. Subscribe today.